and welcome to the Accountability Coach Podcast, where we discuss proven business success principles related to helping you make more money, work less, so you can enjoy even better work-life balance. And Backrack here. Today, we have a special guest with us who I think you will find helpful to you in growing your business so you can create and enjoy having your ideal business and ideal life. Patty Mara has worked with hundreds of entrepreneurial owned and operated businesses to reposition them for success and dramatically increase their growth, client retention and profit. She is the author of Up Solutions, Turning Your Team into Heroes and Customers into Raving Fans. Welcome, Patty. Thank you, Anne. A, pr- a pleasure to be with you. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. So let's just get right into it. What are the essential mindsets to position for growth even when you're in the midst of chaos, whether that chaos is real or perceived chaos? Oh, I love that because often the we're dealing with internal chaos, not just external. That's a great, uh, a, a great addition. So I think there are several really important mindsets, especially for business owners and entrepreneurial teams. The first is that to always look at the opportunity and change. So I love the saying, you know, when one door closes, another door always opens. The challenge is we keep looking at the closed door and we forget to turn around. One of the pieces is, you know, crisis interrupts all patterns. And the advantage to that is, you know, as painful as the pandemic has been, it's forced businesses to drop outdated ways of operating, embrace tech, technology in a new way, resources, technology, AI, database. There's so many resources. I read an article by the president of Spotify, which is a really important software enabling retail, brick and mortar retail businesses to have an online store easily. And they said the impact of the pandemic was to um, forward their business plan by 10 years. So that first piece is to look for the opportunity and change. Uh, Do you want me to keep going in? Absolutely. That's number one. Let's hear the rest. All right. Sounds good. Number two, I would say, is that your business is not what you sell. Uh, You know, I, I like to say, you know, playing the right game of business is you're paying attention to what value you create, what solutions do you provide, and what you sell, your product or services, are just the vehicles for you to create value. If you talk about your business based on what you sell, you can be commoditized. You can be, you know, squeezed on price. If you talk about your business and position it on the outcomes you create, what's unique and how you do it, how you help your customers or clients create the results they want, all of a sudden you're creating a market of your own. So your business is not what you sell. It's the value or solutions you provide. Uh, The third one is it's all about your customers. You really have to, if you're positioning your business as a solution, who are your customers, what's important to them? Every single industry that I've looked at, client or customer data, their needs have changed. And so paying attention to who are they, what do they need now is essential. And then the, the last one for me that kind of the essential mindset is appreciating the wisdom and experience in your company. Sometimes, so here's a way of saying this, your customers don't even know the questions to ask to make an effective buying decision. So if you appreciate that, 
anyone who's worked in your company, whether you're a solo entrepreneur or you've got a team, anyone who's worked in your company for three months or more are experts compared to customers. And so just asking questions to help them pull out what's, you know, to make an effective buying decision creates an enormous amount of value. So really appreciating the wisdom you bring to your audience. Love those four. That is right on the money, I think. And in talking about relationships, how do you switch from, let's say, a transaction-oriented or transaction-based business to really the relationship-based business to get the outcomes that we want? Yeah, it's a great question, Anne. I think there are actually new business rules for independently owned businesses. You have to shift your focus from sales to solutions, and you have to shift your focus from transactions to relationships. And part of that is if you're not clearly communicating why choose your business, the value you provide, you're being commoditized. You're being squeezed on price. So I think what you just said, Anne, is the essential component to start that transition And that is, if you want to focus on relationships, it's really getting to know who your clients or customers are. So identify your top client or customers. Describe them. That's you're starting to look at what are the demographics. Um, Who are they? It doesn't matter if you, you know, invite them in for a coffee or you take them out for breakfast or you, you know, have an event in your store or you have a Zoom meeting and you you know, give them some value in and ask them to really talk about what do they like? What do they not like? What would they like to see more of? You know, what are some of their challenges and get to know, get in communication and get to know your customers. So your customers already know why they choose you. If someone has chosen to do business with your company, they've already chosen you. And if you're paying attention and you're asking them why, then they'll tell you what sets you apart and why they chose you. And so that's where I would start. That's so important, really just asking questions, just generally speaking, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of us don't really ask enough questions, but really getting the feedback, hey, why did you choose us? And then really being able to communicate that more clearly and succinctly to prospective clients. Absolutely. And I love that you said that, Anne, because questions were not a natural talent for me Uh, i've gotten some great coaching over the years to be a coach and part of that was less telling more questions and i read a book uh, that was written a number of years ago i think in the early 90s called the socratic selling method and you know it was focused on selling but it was it really brought in the teaching of socrates which was You know, he asked questions that allowed people to uncover new knowledge and they owned it themselves rather than telling. So it's it's definitely been something that I've cultivated and work on all the time. You and me both. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it, it, it I mean, just to be a good communicator, I think you have to be able to ask good questions and then listen to what people are telling you, just generally speaking. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a skill set to develop. <laughs> I think for all of us to continue to work on that for sure. Give me some perspective. How would you turn, let's say, a challenge or even, I'm going to use air quotes, a mistake into lessons that can help fuel a firm's growth? 
All right, that's, oh, I love that. That's very good. So let me, let me put a context on this. I think anytime, one of the reasons I love working with entrepreneurs is entrepreneurs are striving, right? They're, they're, you're always looking at growing and learning and expanding and trying new things. Um, you're on the, the court of life, right? You're in the game. So, you know, you have an objective. So whatever, it, whatever your objective is, your goal is, you know, you start based on what you know today and you take steps towards what you want to accomplish. But the reality is until we start taking action towards a goal, we don't know what we need to know to reach the goal. And so it's paying attention along the way, you know, celebrate what works. But, you know, it's whatever doesn't work. The failures, mistakes, frustrations are actually all the raw material to reach our goal. So when we strive towards something, paying attention to everything that doesn't work is actually the entrepreneurial school of success. And, and so my piece is, you know, when you're dealing with something that didn't work, a mistake, a failure, a frustration, take a look and see. So based on what happened, what worked in that experience and really pull out what did you learn? What were the things that maybe were byproducts? And then what didn't work? What are the things that did not go the way you expected and did not turn out? And what were the things that you, know, you don't want to see happen again? And when you've kind of mined the experience, now brainstorm. If we were doing this again, what, how would we do it? And you brainstorm, you know, now what you know, how would you? And you use that to move in and take the next step. And what is the, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to screw up the saying, but it's you want to fail fast and move forward because that's, that's part of, if you're setting on to accomplish something bigger than where you are today, you have to embrace that that's actually part of the learning method, if you will. And the sooner you can embrace it and learn from it and move forward, the faster you reach your goal. So true. Matter of fact, I was talking to a client this morning and he was telling me he was network networking with some other individuals and listening to them. He was saying to himself, what have I done wrong? What am I doing wrong? And I said, I don't think that's the right question. The right question is, what do I need to do different, better, or not do? Because it's not necessarily that you're doing something wrong, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's, that you're just, it, it's, it's not wrong. It's just, hey, how can I you know, shift that mindset to doing something better, changing something around, or not do something that's not moving me in the way that I need to go? And, and that's a great example is if the question you're asking isn't moving you forward, find a different question. And I think sometimes we need somebody to point that out to us, too, because it, it, we, we're asking ourselves the wrong question. And it's like, OK, how do I get out of this circle of, you know, or this rut? Because I'm asking myself the wrong question. <laughs> yes. And that's the power of a coach. Right. It's the you can't see a label from within the jar. That's the power of a coach. What are some of the key components to set people up and their team to really for the win? Do you have some key components that say, hey, if I could do this or when we do this or my team and I do this, that will set us up for what we call like a win, a success? Absolutely. Well, I, I'm a big advocate of setting your team up to win. 
and, and it, it's almost a skill set in and of itself. Uh, I talk about um, there are pillars. The, the first one is that the team needs to understand not just the tasks of their role, but the standards. So paying attention to how what they're doing, how they do what they're doing in their role, how does that impact the customer, how does that affect the outcome for the business. So you have to communicate standards and expectations so the team know how to win. I think it's important that there's regular communication. It doesn't matter if it's a daily huddle or a weekly huddle, and it can be 15, 20 minutes that it's just everyone talking about what happened last week, what are the key focus for this week, and everyone saying what they're working on this week that they're going to report on in the next in the next week's weekly huddle. But regular communication, at least weekly. And if you're an entrepreneur and you've got one team member, you still need that weekly communication. It keeps everyone on track and feel like they're connected in, in communication. The third piece for me is that there's regular feedback. You know, you get what you uh, reward and you also expand where you put your attention and focus. So giving team members regular feedback and ideally having it be built into how you operate so it's not something that's onerous or you have to think about. Just, just as an example, a pharmacy owner I worked with had this structure that he would put five poker chips in one pocket in the morning, and his goal was to identify five instances with his team throughout the day that he could praise and acknowledge them. And so every time he would do that, he would move a poker chip from one pocket to the other, and his goal was to have all po five poker chips move to another pocket. The reason that was so significant is a lot of times we put all of our attention you know, we're all busy. We're not looking for extra things to do. So usually when we, you know, communicate with our team is because something went wrong, we need to correct it. And you also have to be acknowledging when things are going well, because wherever you put your attention, that's what's going to expand. And so you want to give that direction as well. Th those for me are the, the kind of that the core setting your team up to win. So they're not guessing. You know, it, they know how to go in, they know how to show up, they know what they're doing is working, and they're, you know, they feel like they're having an impact and they're purposeful. I love the concept about the poker chips because I've talked to so many entrepreneurs, and probably you have as well, over the years where they just don't want to acknowledge continuously or consistently what they're doing well. It's like that just they're doing their job. Why do I have to tell them? good things about them doing their job <laughs> and you know they just don't understand the value and mm -hmm. how that translates into better productivity and better outcomes that actually move the firm forward and it's such I agree it's such a missing I've heard that so many times while well, they're just doing their job yes but are you acknowledging and appreciating what you what you see is the power of what they're doing in their job the pharmacy owner, he would always say he would appreciate and acknowledge the team member for what he saw. And then he would add in, why is that important for the company? And just those little pieces, that little extra. He had one of the most profitable pharmacies I've ever worked with. And his team, he, you know, he had a streamlined team and they were productive and they worked well. And I think a key component was he set them up to win and he let them know how they were doing. Yeah, I absolutely think that's a extremely powerful concept that more people need to adapt for the increase. I mean, that can accelerate their results just by doing that alone. Mm -hmm. 
What's the role of collaboration for growth and market leadership? Oh, that's a fun, interesting that you say that. It's actually was probably my my word of the year for 2021 and, you know, part of my planning for 2022. I think collaboration is everything. And I mean collaboration with your team, collaboration with uh, resources and and you know marketplace mentors and a resource a collaboration with your clients and and prospects even so collaboration for me is a different way of thinking rather than you know what can I sell or what am I building or it's all on me the moment collaborate people show up differently you know with my team it's really important it's like what can I count on you for what can you count on me for and we'll do something, we'll work on a project together so I get to tap into their talents. It's not just you do this, you do this, you do this. No, I invite collaboration and, and I think it makes the, it opens up dramatically greater opportunity. It opens up, uh, just makes a real ease on that everything is on your shoulders. No, you need to bring what your game is and, and allow other people to contribute. I'm working on a, on a new, like a new big idea. And my first thing was, who can I collaborate with? I, I just think that if you can get your mind around collaborating as a way of operating, I think you have infinite freedom. Yeah. So what I'm hearing you say is really collaboration is the question you should be, really be putting out there. Who should I be collaborating with? Well, of course, my team could be mentors, clients, prospects strategic alliances, centers of influence. So then how do I go about collaborating and then come up with a strategy to be able to do that, which then can accelerate the results? Is that right? Absolutely. Spot on. Okay. Awesome. Well, I believe you have something special you'd like to offer the listeners today. Absolutely. And so we've got a podcast resource page for your audience. And you can access it by going to pattymara.com forward slash the accountability coach. So that's P-A-T-T-I-M-A-R-A.com forward slash the accountability coach. And it's, you know, it's a page set up for your audience. And there is a, a tool you can download for free. It's called the Touchpoint Scorecard. You know, you talked about, Anne, at the beginning, the importance of tapping into relationships. Part of that is being aware of the experience you're creating with your business in your marketplace. And this is a resource to put you, it's a tool to put you in your, your clients or customers' shoes to look at how are you creating an experience for them at different touch points in your business. So there's power in doing the tool on your own. And you can also, if you have a team, you can do it with your team. It'll also develop the thinking of your team to pay attention from your customer's perspective. And there's a short video that teaches you how to use it as a tool. Awesome resource. I really appreciate your generosity in offering that. My pleasure. Any last thoughts or comments? I think we're in a unique period of time. You know, the whole thing, crisis interrupts all patterns. I think uh, we are in a period to really look at future forwarding your business. There are tremendous opportunity, probably the biggest period of opportunity we'll experience in our lifetime. And so it's really that first mindset of starting to pay attention to what's possible now that wasn't possible before and what do I want to lean into. 
And really embracing that is a huge opportunity for all entrepreneurial people that have an entrepreneurial mindset. I would totally agree with that, Patty, 100%. So hopefully people got some good ideas now that they're going to be asking the right questions or better questions, right, <laughs> to open up some more opportunities to accelerate their results. Well, I appreciate your time again and wish you the very best. Always stay safe, healthy, and continue to make a difference for other people, Patty. We appreciate you. Oh, thank you, Anne. I love what you're doing and you know, the passion you bring to your, your community. So thank you. Pleasure's all mine. Well, my hope for our time together with Patty is that you got value and an idea or two that will help you be even more successful professionally and personally. Feel free to share my podcast with others as they can be found on most podcast platforms and in most English speaking countries. And if you'd like to get a short daily fix from me, subscribe to the Accountability Minute which can be found on most podcast platforms and in most English-speaking countries as well. And if you're getting value from any of my podcasts, please take a minute to leave me a short rating and review. I would really appreciate it. And as you know, I love to hear from you. If you want more business success ideas and resources, subscribe to my high-value blog by going to accountabilitycoach.com forward slash blog. And always remember to aim for what you want each and every day. Until next time. Make it a great day, today and every day. I appreciate you listening.